I've just been thinking during the week, may we never take that for granted. You know, the heavens are open and the presence of God is really strong, but God can take it away in a moment if he wanted to. I don't think he does want to. But I think, um, yeah, may we never just never take the presence of God for granted and his spirit. And uh, David in the Psalms, in Psalm 51, he's talking about his sins and his transgressions and he says to God, do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. It's the one thing he asks. Whatever else you want to do, God, but just don't take me away from your presence. May that be our prayer that we are so hungry for the presence of God and everything else can fall away, really. Um, If God's with us, it's all that we need. Hey, anyway, that's just a little... Uh, side thought, I'm, I'm excited to be here sharing with you this morning. I'm a little bit nervous, which I think, I think it's going to be a really significant morning. It already has been. What you shared, Amy, was amazing. And I know that God has a powerful word for us. But first of all, how great have the last few weeks in church been? We're in such a season of momentum. And as I said, an open heaven. We had Byron and Hannah before light here. And they shared, Byron shared an awesome word on fruitfulness and and leaning into God and he shared about how we're not fruitful we don't try and be fruitful in our own strength we're actually fruitful as we lean into God and have a listen to that message on SoundCloud it was a lot more to it than that but it was amazing and and having Byron and Hannah here for light and in church was just so encouraging and and they love being here and they really commented on the strong sense of family and and just the rich community that we have here in Aladala and how awesome the team is. And, yeah, they just think what God's doing here is awesome. And it's always encouraging to have someone from outside notice that. So great job, church. It is pretty cool what we have here. Hey, we're very, very blessed. Um, and then light itself. We've kind of banged on about this, but <laughs> it was incredible. It's just the stuff that dreams are made of for Josh and I always been a dream of our heart to see a generation encounter God and it was literally the stuff that dreams are made of how often do you see 50 or so 60 young people just in the presence of God weeping with their arms around one another how often do you see that same amount of young people 50 or 60 young people all together out their front with their arms linked receiving the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues being empowered and equipped to go into their worlds to take their schools to take their communities for Jesus having seeds of destiny and purpose sown into their hearts that will change not only their eternity but I believe the eternity of many people around them and and just to see young people knowing that they're a part of something and that yes the enemy is trying to devour their generation but they're a vital part of seeing the enemy push back in fact they are the ones who are going to see the enemy push back the next generation of the warriors of um, this day and age and then more specifically to hear someone say that they've lived um, in torment for 16 years because their mum died at a young age and they've held that that hurt and that pain and that confusion I guess not understanding why God took their mum away from them and then in a moment and light to feel the love of God and that for that burden to lift and that pain to lift and this young person said to Dean um, and I think Dean might have shared this but feel my heart Dean it's never felt this peaceful before in my life and like wow if that is all that God did in my lifetime that I will be so thankful but I know there's a lot more that he yet wants to do and um, that is just the beginning And then after light, we had Lisa Gowan share amazingly uh, just on the love of God and opening our hearts up to the love of God and allowing him to go deeper. And again, that was an amazing message in its own right. Have a listen on SoundCloud. And and then Mandy shared the following week just a salvation message. And she she shared so profoundly 
And I think she started the gospel with once upon a time. <laughs> uh, but she shared, she shared so um, authentically and beautifully and um, people gave their hearts to God. It was a phenomenal morning. And then Josh, last week, uh, the most recent thing, he shared powerfully on his heart for the church is the hope of the world. And uh, he also shared some inspiration from Banning Leap Show and just encouraged us to shift the way we see the church. Do we see the church as a family or, or do we see the church as a business? And um, I guess in a family, everyone contributes. Everyone has a role to play. Everyone just wants to make it the best possible family gathering. And in a business, or he used the example of a restaurant, you want service and you want a certain level of experience. And if the food's not to standard or the service isn't to standard, you complain or you take your business elsewhere. And Josh really challenged us to just be, I guess, even aware of the way we're seeing church, even if it's subconsciously, just challenged our mindsets. And that was great. And he also said, um, <laughs> for those of you who are here for all these, sorry, you're getting a rundown, but I'm just sharing because maybe some of you weren't there. And I think all of this is going to lead into what I'm saying. In a family, the goal is maturity, to grow together. Uh, you know, nobody wants to be the lazy uncle at the family gathering, sitting back on the couch, demanding everyone else to take care of him. Who knows that's immaturity? Um, and Josh actually said, hang on a moment, I'm just, my mouth's getting a bit dry already. Um, Josh said he'd been sitting on that message for 18 months and he hadn't yet felt it was the right time to bring it and a few different times he's thought maybe I'll bring it and it wasn't yet the right time. But it was the right time last Sunday and I think it's a word in season for us as a church. I think we're in a season where it's vital that we're all working together, that there's something of family God has really established here and it's important that we're all contributing because one or two or three or 20 can do the work of many but they'll burn out eventually. We actually need everyone on board adding their strength because we know God has put something in your life to contribute to the body and to him that um, is there for a reason. It's not just to be hidden. And Josh shared the clip from Finding Nemo where all the fish are in the net and um, they're all like, ah, we're getting taken in the net and they're all swimming their different ways and they're panicking and then Nemo says to his dad, dad, we just got to get all the fish swimming together. And then they're like, okay, let's start talking to all the fish and they start, everyone swim this way, this way. And then eventually everyone starts swimming together with their strength in the one direction and they swim down and then the net breaks and they're free. And I actually think it's a prophetic picture of what God is doing in this season. As we all come together with our strength and move in the one direction, we're going to see amazing things happen. We're going to step into a wide open space of freedom. Um, so yeah, that's a cool little one from Finding Nemo. Um, uh, Josh Osh also shared a quote from Banning um, in relation to the family being a church and not a business. Banning said, uh, you're not in a business, you're climbing a leadership ladder. That's kind of like the goal. Uh, in a family, the goal is maturity. And people often think, oh, if I get into leadership, then I'll feel empowered. It's not actually when you feel empowered. You'll feel empowered when you're mature and as you grow. And may that be the goal, maturity. 
And similarly in church, you don't have to earn your position. When you go to a business, you, you put in your resume and you scrub up and you try and put your best front on to get a position in that business. That's not the church. You come to church as you are. You're welcome exactly as you are. You don't have to put on a front. You don't have to fill out a resume and say, this is why I want you to accept me. It's not the church. It's the family. Our doors are open. And, and again, that's totally our heart. And I hope if anyone is here, that, that is how you feel. And may that continue to be our attitude, open arms, welcome to anyone who comes in. Um, yeah, and as Mandy said so profoundly a couple of weeks ago, God's there and the door is just open. Well, it's easy to open the access into God's family. You've just got to grab the handle, step in. Uh, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I think it's almost too good to be true. We're in this family, this rich community of faith. We get to share life together. We get to cry together and and laugh together and share our burdens. Um, it's challenging. It's, as I said, it's rich. It's sweet. And who knows that um, family life, as well as all those things, is painful and complex all at once. And I think that's part of the beauty of family life. It's not all peaches and cream, but that's actually it's part of the beauty. And it's actually what draws us closer together as we overcome the challenges, as we go through the hardships, that's how God deepens our relational connection, relationships forged in the fire of adversity. And I was going to speak a bit more on this, but it's going to have to be a message for another time. But I'll just briefly say, um, I think it's sad in church life when things get hard, when tensions arise, whether it's in relationship or things aren't done a certain way that people leave, because I think that's exactly when relationships have an opportunity to go deeper and I think in our family life, in our married life, as we've had kids and there's been sleepless nights and there's been sickness, as we've had financial struggles, the battles in our marriage and our family are actually what's brought Josh and I closer together. And we've shared that common, the common battles. And, you know, people, I don't want to, like, make, compare us to people going to war. But, you know, when men go to war, they come back different because they've gone through incredibly painful experiences with other men and they feel like they can't relate to other men and women when they come back except for the ones that went with them and I think for those of us here that are serving God there's a common sacrifice and a common pain that we share that unites us and that's caused our relationships to go very deep and so I also encourage you if you're standing on the outside looking and going how come they're all so tired I want to be part of that you can be part of that come along serve be part of the team push through the painful hard times, the tensions in relationship and you will find a deep relational connection and a bond that is incomparable. And, and people might look at Josh and I relating to Tom and Amy or Dean and Rosie and think, gee, why are they like all such good friends? And we're good friends with other people too. Since our teen years, we've decided to lay our lives down for the cause of Christ. When our friends went out partying, we decided we weren't going to do that. When our other friends might have been settling down into work life and pursuing whatever... Uh, material dreams and I'm not saying that everyone has done that we've decided yes we are going to like pursue some of those things but our main cause is the cause of Christ and to lay our lives down for his house and I think that brings a camaraderie and a strength between us but it's not exclusive it's open for everyone who wants to be part of that and jump on in the family is open and the team um, those of us here serving God together again that's open this is kind of a digression it's not even my main message but anyway um I know Sam Monk, who leads the uh, Quippers and Axe Church movements in New Zealand, uh, who Josh and I glean so much from, says, we're just a whole bunch of friends challenging one another to go higher in God. And, and that's all this is. We're friends challenging one another to go higher in God. Uh, it's the same concept. Um, and two things about this. 
it says, um, challenging one another. And as I said, it should be challenging to be in a rich, God-honouring community of faith. It's about challenging one another to go higher into greater maturity. It's not all peaches and cream. And secondly, it says higher in God. What is higher? As I just said, it's maturing. It's discovering more of God and his purpose for our lives, but also more of his heart for others and the world around us. So simple. Uh, May we continue to be a community of faith, a bunch of friends, challenging one another to go higher in God and also a family representing the heart of God to the world around us. Um, And you know how do we do that? By doing life well, doing relationships well together. What we have here is so incredible. May we never take it for granted. Can I get this little bright light above me switched off? Is that all right, Dean? It's kind of glaring off my plastic. Thanks heaps. Does it turn off? Um, the phrase I've had going through my head this week and it's kind of been well, probably the last few weeks and months uh, is one of Bobby Houston. She says, can you believe we get to do this? And I just, perfect, thank you. I just think, how blessed are we to be in a season where people are being drawn to God? We've had salvations, people being baptised in the Holy Spirit where parents of our youth are just ringing and saying thank you so much for what you're doing. Doors into the community are opening that haven't been opened before so that we can help our community which is amazing uh, miracles are happening god is speaking and we had our we have the alpha course running at our home every tuesday night that's awesome but this week was on the holy spirit and we have some mums from playgroup there and some of them were just like awesome show me how praying in the like show me how praying in tongues works what does it look like like just so hungry and so curious and so uncluttered where we were kind of like are you sure like it's the season we're in the heavens are open people are hungry for god so can you believe we get to do this? Like, really, it's so amazing that we get to be a part of this. All right, so that was all my introduction. Deep breath. Are you all with me still? <laughs> yeah. Um, so before I finish, uh, I do just want to share one more thing, which uh, is just my message, the actual message for this morning. Um, it's hopefully just going to be simple and clear. There was so many other things I had on my heart at different times. I think I actually wrote my message and changed it about three times. I was going to share on the Holy Spirit. I was going to share a bit more on Alpha and small groups. I was going to share on God mobilizing us. I was going to encourage you there's more in you than you think there is. I was going to talk a little bit about missions. I was going to talk about the common lies of the enemy, um, more about culture of family, but nope, nope, chucked all that out. Um, It kept coming back to one thing this morning and that was faith and I really feel that God has a word for us this morning that is vital for the season we're in and a man named Michael Maiden he's a prophetic man I listened to a message on his about faith probably a few months ago now and it's just been stirring in my heart and my spirit I can't get it out and so I'm going to share a little bit of that with you and add some of my own thoughts in and yeah I'm really excited for this and Josh wanted me to say um, this man Michael Maiden he is a prophetic man but he's got a very clear, um, concise prophetic gifting. And we've heard him at Shout before, just speaking over people who we knew and just saying everything about their lives. He didn't know him from a bar of soap and dates and things about our movement. And he hears from God. So I know, um, yeah, his word is completely on the mark. All right. So faith is key for this season. We are in a season of breakthrough. The storm of the last season is over. And who knows, leading up to light, light's theme was sons of light, daughters of the day. We live under wide open skies. And leading up to light, I spoke about how 
I believe there's been a cloud of the enemy's oppression that was actually going to break as we came to light. And I firmly believe it has. Something of that cloud, of that storm has broken and we're now under wide open skies. And Lisa actually shared in her message um, a few weeks ago this verse from Romans 8, which I love. I'm just going to read it. Um, That's the title of my message, The Window of Take Back. I'll come back to that. So, with the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a fated lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. I'm going to leave it there because I just love that part. I wanted to read that last line. Um, So when Jesus came into our lives, he removed that low-lying black cloud. But who knows, the enemy tries to creep back in with it and he has no right because Jesus has already dealt with it. So um, that's why I'm talking about this this morning. That storm is over. Something's been broken. Something of the power of the enemy. And who knows the storm, that cloud often comes when you're crossing over. Whenever Jesus and the disciples would get in a boat to go somewhere or Paul was in a boat to go somewhere, there'd be a storm to actually try and throw them off course. And there's been a storm because we've been crossing over from something old into something new. And the storm was there to throw us off, but we're all still here. So that's, that's good. That's exactly how God wants it. We're in something new. And, you know, Joel 2 says, I will pour out my spirit on all men. Your sons and daughters will dream dreams. Old men will prophesy, young men see visions, etc., etc. That's the right way around. But that's the season we're in. God's pouring out His Spirit. We're in an open heaven season. God is not limited in any way. But I feel that our faith is actually is what is what is going to unlock the fullness of God's purpose in this season. I'm going to explain a bit more about that. Our faith will unlock God's ability. Do we believe God can save a generation? Do we believe God can draw our friends to Him who don't know Him? Do we believe God can save our family? Do you know all it takes for God to move is one man or woman of faith? I love what Amy shared. She was that one woman of faith in a situation that God needed to actually get to that young man who was dying. Amy was there, that one woman of faith. And I want to share a story with you from Acts 27. Uh, Paul was in a boat again. And there was a storm raging. He was there with 276 other people, prisoners, sailors, guards, soldiers. And, uh, and the storm was getting really intense and it was looking like they were going to die. And everyone on the boat's beginning to panic. And then Paul says in Acts 27, or actually I'll read this first, Acts 27 verse 19. On the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. And who knows that's what the storm is like. There was no sun or stars for days. They didn't know which way was up. And who has felt like that in the last season? Sometimes that oppressive cloud of the enemy, that raging storm is like, I don't even know which way is up, which way is down, which way I'm going. And everyone had given up hope. And I don't know if some of you have given up hope in the last season, but I want to say to you this morning, the storm is over. Let's just say that together. The storm is over. We're actually in a new season. And um, I think there's been a perfect assault of the enemy aimed at this house, aimed at individuals. He's trying everything he can to actually throw you off course. Um, And this is what actually happens in this 
story. Decent last time, just getting my bearings. Um, okay, Paul says in Acts 27, 22, I urge you to keep up your courage, this is to everyone on the boat, because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. And I think a couple of key things there. It it implies, I think, that as that angel saw Paul, that maybe he said, you know, I'm going to spare your life, Paul. But maybe Paul asked for everyone and the angel said, okay, God will graciously give you everyone on the boat, not just your own life. And then I love that bit. Paul says, I have faith in God that it will happen, just as he told me. Paul was the one man of faith who believed that God could actually save those 276 men on that boat, 276 miracles. He was the one man or woman of faith that God needed to save. And um, one man or woman of faith walking in God's will and purpose for their lives can bring blessing and protection to an entire business, can bring freedom to an entire school, can bring deliverance to an entire community. One person can stop the assault of the enemy, as Paul was that one person who actually just brought the presence and the protection of God for everyone on that boat. And again, I have faith in God. He'll do it. It it will happen just as he told me. Do you believe God can break out in your entire family because of your faith? Acts 16, verse 26 to 31. Again, um, another story that Paul is involved in. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. So Paul and Silas are in prison here and God's about to break them out just by his presence. At, At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, here it is, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your entire household. I love that. This man was going to be saved, but because of his faith, so would his entire household. If you believe, your household will be saved. John, uh, sorry, John, Joshua 24, 15. Joshua says, when everyone, he's saying, challenging the people, I encourage you not to worship other gods and get distracted by the things of this world. But if you, if you really want to do that, do that. But Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I think there's a statement here for some of you to make this morning. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I just think God's adding some faith, some punch to your prayer this morning. And there's actually going to be some breakthrough on behalf of families. Rahab was one woman. She let down the scarlet cord. Um, she helped the people of Israel. She believed in the God of Israel. She had faith in him. And because of her faith, her entire family was saved. She got them all together in her a little room, and they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know who this God was, but Rahab knew. And because of her faith, her family was saved. And um, again, Amy, that one person in that dire situation that bought, um, saved someone's, someone else's life. And you know, yes, God's given us free choice, but he's also in the business of changing people's minds. Think about your own salvation story. Your mind was probably changed somehow. Um, Amy's mind was changed when she was kind of getting distracted by the world and then all of a sudden God just gripped her and her ways of thinking 
changed. I know for me, when I was battling with anorexia, I desperately wanted to get better and I just didn't know how. God literally changed the way I was thinking. He set me free in my own mind. And I have no doubt that the reason I found freedom was because of the prayers and the faith of others that actually made a way for God to move and just clear uh, the heavens over my life. Um, We have free will, but our faith and our prayers make a way for the will of God to be outworked and for the plans of the enemy to be broken. Some people actually can't connect with God because the enemy is tormenting them. Our job is to bring the presence of Jesus into their lives so the darkness can be pushed back and so they actually have a clear mind to make the right decision or make a good decision. And that was like that young man at light. He's struggling to connect with God because there was that torment and that oppression. And once that was freed, he felt the peace of God. So our job is to believe, bring our faith into hopeless situations. God's job is to do the impossible. Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, everyone still with me? I don't actually have much longer to go. Um, God's awakening something powerful in this nation, I believe, in our world at the moment. Something of his heart, something of the kingdom of heaven, it's tangible. There's signs, wonders, miracles, salvation, just being unlocked amazingly, incredibly. He's pouring out his spirit on all mankind. It's time to believe, church. We're in a season and all things are possible, open heaven season. And, and Michael Maiden, this man I'm talking about, he says of Sam and Kathy Monk, the leaders of the Axe churches in New Zealand, in their DNA is faith. And people say to them, how are you in 200 high schools? How are you seeing thousands of people saved? How is your church multiplying across the earth? And do you know what Cam and Sam... Cam, Sam and Kathy say, we believed in God. We don't really know exactly how it's happened. We just had faith in a God who can do the impossible and we knew he would make a way. And I think that is all we need is faith. As we put our faith in God, he will do the impossible. He doesn't need our gifts or our offerings or our shows or our hard work. He just wants us to trust him. He can do it. He's just waiting for us to believe that he can do it. And um, faith is what he responds to. And like what you've seen through Sam and Kathy, that's what God can do through one or two people who believe. What can he do through a, a body, a company of people who believe? So I just want us to ex- examine our own faith this morning. What are we believing for? It's okay to pray small prayers so long as we pray big prayers too. God save Australia. God save my family. And you know, we don't have to figure it out. God, how are you going to save my family? Or how are you going to provide for this thing that I'm believing for. We, we don't have to have it all figured out. God will make a way as we put our faith in him. And at the end of Paul's story, not one perished because he believed. And a lot of what we're in now are a result of the belief and the faith and the prayers of generation that have, generations that have gone before us. And just as those men who were saved was a result of Paul's belief, I believe the outpouring that we're in, the open heaven we're in, is largely a result of people who have gone before us. And I just want to encourage us, church, what are we believing for? What are we laying up for the future generations to come with our faith and our prayers? May we not be a generation who leaves a gap so the next generation's like, why are the heavens closed? It's because your fathers and your mothers and your grandfathers didn't actually pray enough for you. May we be a people that lay up blessing for the future generations to come. Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it's impossible to please God and he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. He rewards, he reimburses you for what you pour out when you extend your faith. He will honour it. He will bless the generations to come. Faith moves the hand of God. It's the currency of heaven. And again, coming back to 
um, something I said earlier about our gifts. Maiden actually says this, God will give a person of faith greater breakthrough than a person with gifts that has no faith. And I think, wow, that's challenging. Like, you could get up here and have no preaching gift at all, but if you have faith, God will move through you more than someone who has all the gifting in the world but doesn't believe in God. I just think it's so challenging. May our faith rise. It's all God needs. And as I said earlier, I think God's going to break out in some families, in some schools, in some neighbourhoods because of your faith. It only takes one. Faith can move the hand of God. Um, yeah, it's the season we're in. He's willing to move. Do you believe he can? Um, your faith will make a way for him to break through. I might get back up if that's all right. Just going to finish with a challenge. Um, and I believe it's an important warning for us in the season we're in. Uh, in 2 Kings 13, I'll just read it. This is a story of Elisha and King Jehoash. And this is what happens. Elijah's actually dying. He's on his deathbed. And it says, Now Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and horsemen of Israel, which is just an expression of grief and, and honour. Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows, and he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. When he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram. Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. So here's a picture of a, the prophet and the king holding the bow of faith. And Elijah says, open the east window and shoot. And the arrow of victory is there. You've got victory over your enemies. You know, we're in a season of deliverance, of multiplication, of victory. There's a prophetic outpouring of the Spirit. As I said, Joel 2 talks about that. Signs, wonders, miracles. People are finding their destiny. The window is open. We're in a window of opportunity. And I believe God's saying, shoot. What are you going to shoot? What are you going to believe for? There's a window of opportunity beckoning us. What will we do with our lifetime? What are we believing God for? How much faith will we expend what will we believe God for that He's already <laughs> been wanting to do? We're saying we're waiting for God to move. No, I, I wish that was the problem. It's not the waiting for God to move. He's actually waiting for us to move. That's what He's waiting for. Stop waiting for an external manifestation to convince you to do it. The Holy Spirit's in us telling us to go. Do you know apostolic means to be sent? Apostolic Church of Australia, that's our movement. That's what we're part of is all it means is to be sent. The Great Commission, Jesus said, go into all the world. I'm not sure if we can be a follower of Christ if we're not actually following the essential commandment that God gave us. Go into all the world. We've been called to go. We've been sent. We don't need to wait for anything else. As we do that, God is going to show up on our behalf. Go pray for that person down the street who you think needs Jesus. Go love your neighbour. Step out and pray for someone in an alpha group who wants the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like a miracle to testify of the power of Jesus. We've seen it in playgroup as we pray for women who couldn't get pregnant. They fall pregnant as they have babies who might have issues, disabilities. We pray and they get healed. Those ones who we pray for are being drawn to God. It shows the power of God like nothing else. Youth, we're seeing it. Young people being drawn to God at light because of the power of God. Okay, just make sure I'm, yeah, all right. So next, this is what happens. 
Verse 18, then Elisha said to the king, take the arrows and the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. The king, absent of personal faith and maybe just out of politeness, just kind of struck the ground just to keep Elisha happy. And Elijah rose up on his deathbed full of anger. His heart was so grieved. He knew what this king had missed out on. May we not be a people who actually miss and fall short of the intention of God for the season we are in. In the past, Syria had defeated Israel and God was saying, I want to restore to you what the enemy has stolen. I want to give it all back to you. It's the take back season, church. We're in the window of take back and God's saying, you take back off the enemy what was stolen. You're in an open heaven for a purpose. What are you believing for? But the wonderful and yet scary thing is our omnipotent, our omnipresent God surrenders His powers into a partnership with us. He says, I won't do, won't do anything you don't want me to do. What are you believing God for? When kings strike the ground only three times, he only got three lost cities back. What if we prayed prayers that were beneath the intention of God for this moment? I was weeping as I prepared this message because I can feel God saying, church, we need to dream big. The window is open. May we not pray prayers that are short of the intention of God in this moment. And people talk about revival like it's this mystical thing. It's not. It's just one person on fire for Jesus. We're in revival. You're the revival. I'm the revival. What was happening at Light Conference, a room full of people on fire for Jesus. That's the revival. We're not waiting for a powerful, mystical move of God. We're in it. Back to the story, as I said, Elijah's heart melted. Elisha's heart melted. Jehoash could have had so much more. The people of Israel, the future generations could have had so much more. But in that moment, it was lost. Paul could have just prayed for him and Luke or him and a friend or two on the boat. He asked for 276 souls, for 276 miracles. He's a God who can do it if we ask. Give me every person in Aladala High School. Give me every person in Milton Public School. Give me every person in Aladala Public School. Give me every person in St. Mary's. Give me every person in our community, in our nation. God can do it. Do we believe He can do it? Walk through your neighborhood and pray for it. Unleash your faith. Pray big prayers. Pray audacious prayers. And you know what people say, but what if it doesn't happen? You don't understand. It doesn't matter if it happens in our lifetime. We're storing up faith and belief and prayers that are going to bless the generations to come, that's going to bless the future of our nation. It doesn't happen if we see it right here and now. And I believe we are seeing it right here and now, but there's going to be more that's stored up for the generations to come. May the Holy, let's stand. May the Holy Spirit come now and envelop us, awaken faith in us. May God forgive us for not employing our faith or keeping it in, re in reserved measure. I felt this after light. Why was I so shocked that God moved? I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have been shocked. Was I actually not believing God big enough for light conference and I was challenged? I don't think I was. I'm sorry, God, that I didn't believe you could do as much as you could. We put our faith in you now, God. We trust you. We know you can change the world and we want to partner with you, God. We want to surrender our lives to you. We're ready to step out and change the world. We believe you can do the impossible, God. Start speaking blessing over your family, over your situation as you lift your faith. And even I was thinking about the future of this church and our next generation facilities, even these demandables challenge to actually start rather than saying, what a decrepit bunch of 
crap that we've got out there. Start speaking blessing over our kids' facilities. What do we see? We see multi-million dollar kids' facilities that are beautiful and have plenty of room and just reflect the heart of God magnificently that create a place for, to actually house the revival, to house the youth and the young people and the families that are coming into the presence of God. And Maiden says this, God can't bless something until you stop cursing it. It's the same with your family. He can't bless your family and your kids until you stop cursing it. Start speaking future and destiny and call over your children that aren't walking with Him. Stop talking about the problem and start seeing the promise of God over them. And I'm just going to pray right now for families. If you have unsafe family members, and especially I want to pray for kids. As I'm praying, you speak their names out. You start speaking what you see for them, the purpose of God over their lives. They have a future. The power of the enemy is being broken. They are loved. They are strong and courageous. So God, I just thank you so much for every unsaved family member now. I just thank you for freedom, for deliverance. I thank you the plans of the enemy being broken. I thank you that as parents stand here today and, and children and aunties and uncles and whatever family members they're praying for, that statement, as for me, and my house, we will serve the Lord. I thank you the weight of heaven is on that statement right now. And if that's you, just raise your hand. I thank you for men and women of faith. It takes one to stand and say that. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We believe, God, we know that one man or woman of faith can save a family. We believe that one man or woman of faith can save their high school. And right now, we're just unleashing the torrent of our faith that will unlock the power of God over each and every family member, over each and every one in our life who's unsaved. And you know, um, in Esther 8, 11, you would know the story of Esther and the Jews were going to be destroyed and it all gets turned around. And then the king gives, the king gives these, this edict to the Jews. Um, it says, The day appointed for the Jews, oh sorry, the king's edict granted the Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves, to destroy, kill and annihilate the armed men of any nationality or province who might attack them and their women and children and to plunder the property of their enemies. The king's given, given the aid edict, go out and destroy your enemies. It's there. Stop waiting. He's already told you to do it. He's given you the victory. Go step in it. Take the victory for your sons and your daughters, your families. It's a season of take back. Be strong and courageous, as um, God said to Joshua, and He will give you everywhere that you set your foot. And I, I do just want to finish it there, and we're going to have a, just a time of worship. And I believe as you're worshiping, God's asking you, what are you believing for? And I want you to lift your faith to heaven. I want you to shoot out that window of take back and take back what the enemy has stolen. And don't, do not pray prayers that are shorter than um, the intention of heaven for this moment. And I did want to keep it, simple, relatively simple this morning. There's so much more, as I said, I could have said, but it would have watered down what God is saying to us right now about faith. So just in summary, we're in a window of take back. The heavens are open. May we not pray prayers that are shorter than the intention of heaven beneath what God wants to do. You are the revival church. You are the revival friend. Take it into your workplace. Take it into your high school. Take it into your community, your family. It only takes one man or woman in faith to save everyone else around you. Keep striking. The victory is here. The window is open. Strike church. Strike. Strike. Every time you strike, it's a victory for future generations. It's going to shape our nation. Do not stop striking at three church. Keep striking and God 
God, we thank you so much for the window of take back. We're taking back from the enemy what has been stolen. May we not fall short of what the intention of heaven is for this moment. I thank you that our faith, our belief, it's establishing something in the atmosphere for our community, for our family in this generation. But I thank you that our faith and our prayers are establishing something for future generations. I thank you for a season of resettling abandoned cities. I thank you for a season of nation taking. I thank you for a season of a mighty outpouring of your Holy Spirit of revival in each and every one. We thank you so much, God. You can do the impossible. We put our faith in you. Let's just give God a massive hand. We thank you. You are the God of the impossible. Amen. Amen. Thank you, team. Christ of